South of the Six podcast, bringing you the latest on your favorite Toronto sports teams from south of the Canadian border. Here's your host, Adam Corsair. I mean, you didn't think we were going to go a whole summer without talking Raptors, did you? Welcome to the South of the Six podcast. We are part of the stadium scene.tv network and part of the Overtime Media crew. We are in August, and yet a familiar theme song is playing right now. And we're going to talk Raptors because the schedule has been released. Now, joining me tonight to discuss all things Toronto Raptors is the icon, the showstopper, the main event, the entertaining and sexy Mr. Reliable himself, Mr. Peter HPK of Life and Repeat. Peter, what's up, bud? Ho, 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 Adam. Merry Christmas in August. Um, instead of a, a traditional festive rum and eggnog, I'm going to have to settle for uh, a Steve Weiser on the go here, but I guess they don't sell eggnog in the summer. But here we are, Adam. It's August. Their basketball is two months away. I can already hear the squeaking of the sneakers on the court. I can already see Kyle Lowry impatiently asking the ref to give him the ball so he could inbound it right away. (laughs) And Adam, I could see, if I raise my head high, a championship banner hanging in the Raptors. Raptors basketball is almost here. It's crazy, right? Like, look, I'm not trying to take anything away from the NBA because they do pretty much everything right in comparison to all the other sports, the major sports, that is. But... I don't know, man. Like, I, I love schedule release day, but seeing as the NBA is growing in popularity, I think they're doing a disservice to themselves by not having it released in July, right? Like, I, I think there is something to this Christmas in July kind of thing, and it'd be nice to have a little gift from the NBA in July. That's all. I know I'm nitpicking, but come on. Yeah, I hear you. Christmas in July has a, has a better ring than, than Christmas in August, right? So I was impatiently waiting for this schedule. I'm sure you were and your loyal listeners were because, hey, we're the defending champs. We need to know our schedule. We need to make fall. We need to make winter plans. But also impatiently waiting was my wife. She, <laughs> she, we have a few trips we need to plan. And I told her I can't really commit until the, the NBA schedule comes out. As you so, should not. Yes, of as course. I should <laughs> not. And my wife, at the very least, knew that, A, what all Raptors fans knew, that we were hosting a Christmas Day game. So that, that was one thing we knew. And then I was chatting with my wife, actually, about it yesterday. She's like, oh, do you know what time the Christmas Day game is at? And I said, I don't know. We're going to find out uh, tomorrow. We're going to find out the whole schedule so we could plan some other trips as well. And then she looked at me. She said, what time do you think? I go probably 12 or 2.30. And then she looked at me and said, you have my permission to go on Christmas Day. Oh! So, (laughs) A, my first reaction was, A, I didn't know I needed permission. Of course. (laughs) And B, I'm not going to challenge that as well. (laughs) I just just said, yes, thank you. (laughs) I'm I'm not going to risk anything there. But Christmas is, for my wife, it's my wife's favorite holiday. There's so many family traditions she has around that date. And the thing that makes it odd is that my wife is Jewish, Mm -hmm. but she loves Christmas. We have a Christmas Eve dinner. We, We wake up bright and early. We open Christmas Day gifts. We have a Christmas brunch. And then my in-laws on Christmas Day night throw like a big Christmas dinner party shindig. So planning anything on Christmas Day that isn't that is a tight wire, tight rope act for me to follow through on. So the fact that my wife gave me the thumbs up um, for the Christmas Day game, I'll be there. I'm not going to miss that one. I had a feeling it was going to be at noon, but my wife gave me permission, so I'll be there. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, first of all, it's awesome that they're playing the Celtics on Christmas Day. When I found that out, I was elated. Like, save for just finding out that the Raptors have a Christmas Day game. The fact that they're playing Boston on Christmas Day is just, it's, it's icing on the cake. It's great. Um, and this is, I, I don't know if you, we, you and I, we have a lot of, like, these life and repeat moments in which we, we revisit, like, certain segments in the podcast. And that being, like, this time last year, we were talking talking about we had a show talking about how the Raptors didn't have a Christmas Day game and how it was long overdue that they should get one they should be rewarded one and in fact uh, I participated in an article that you published on your website amongst other great writers in illustrating why the Raptors deserve a Christmas Day game and it's you know long overdue as we've been discussing well here we go they got it and I like you. I, I looked at the time today and I saw 12 o'clock and dude, that is so perfect. Like <laughs> I, I am so happy it's at 12 because like we, we have uh, Christmas Day plans every year and you know, we host the Christmas Day celebration at the house and you know, 12 o'clock is the nice sweet spot because I'll be entertaining my daughter, a.k.a. sitting down on the couch with my daughter watching the game while my wife gets ready because she doesn't want me any, anywhere near the food because she knows if I'm near the food, <laughs> I'll either A, eat it, or B, fuck it up if I'm trying to make it. So It's a classic <laughs> addition by subtraction. Exactly. I respect her move. Exactly. And the company doesn't usually arrive until like 2 or 3 o'clock, so this is perfect. Like, I don't have to be that rude guest to be like, hey, yeah, yeah, hi, Merry Christmas, get on my face i'm watching this game i don't have to be like that where i can i can pay attention and absorb the game and plus come on man we get to wear a raptors christmas day jersey you know i'm gonna cop one of those you're absolutely right i and i think this is part and parcel of the nba seeing how successful the raptors playoff run was for them financially in terms of merchandise being moved and everything like they, they experience, we've touched on this before, they experience record sales. People are starting to just now get some of their merchandise that they ordered. They were backlogged due to the demand across Canada and from expatriates living living across the United States who wanted to get their Raptors, their Canadian merch and represent. So I think, you know, that this finals run showed, like even without Kawhi, we still got the Christmas Day game. And I think that speaks to exactly what you said. Man, imagine how many Raptors Christmas merch we are going to sell. So I think, A, this the, that finals run did what it was supposed to do. Most importantly, won a title. But it kind of opened the, the NBA executives' eyes to, to how much they were ignoring their lone international team and just seeing the global impact that that has. And sure, this is our second Christmas Day game, our first since 2001. So definitely there's an 18-year gap, and we've been deserving in terms of just strictly putting together a successful run. But even though this is our second Christmas Day game, this is the first one we're hosting. Right. This is going to be in Toronto. And I, there was debate, you know, Kawhi's gone. Will the Raptors be on the Christmas Day schedule? And, you know, like in the past, I've been very confident the Raptors would get a Christmas Day game. This year, I was I was kind of on the fence. But, you know, I, I just said, you know, there's no way they could ignore the the defending champs, and there's no way they could ignore the dollar signs because, A, this is strictly a business decision, and finally, the NBA knows that the Raptors are good for business. Yeah, and how embarrassing would it be if the NBA did not have their defending reigning champions on Christmas Day. Like, we can talk about all the conspiracy theories, and some some of it is, I don't want to say validated, but some of it has some meat to the bones to it. But when it comes to how the Raptors are perceived and or treated by the NBA, and there's evidence of, of that, in the schedule this year, we'll we'll touch base on that. But at least I think there's evidence ostensibly. But how embarrassing and what kind of a message would it send to your audience 
that, hey, this is one of the most marquee games of the year. This is a huge deal to not just the NBA and its fans, but the players as well. Like, the players know that there's a a shit ton of gravity when it comes to playing on Christmas Day. And what kind of a message would it send? What kind of a precedent would it set if your defending champions aren't featured on there, but you have teams like, I don't know, the Knicks or... I don't, dare I say, like, the Hawks or the Suns. Like, none of those teams would surprise me if they ended up having a Christmas Day game. Obviously, the Knicks, they had the market. But it, it sets a bad precedent and sends a bad tone if your defending champions aren't playing on Christmas Day. So you got to give props, I guess, for the obvious here to the NBA for having the defending champions play on the most marquee game of the year. It's pretty wild, you know? We couldn't do it with DeRozan. They didn't give it to us when we have Kawhi. But, you know, to some casual fans, they might view the Raptors' cupboard as being empty and being like, how the hell do they have a Christmas Day game? So, what a w- amazing way to usher in the Pascal Siakam era of Toronto Raptors basketball than highlighting this guy, not only on Christmas Day, on opening night as well, we got the the, the 8 o'clock spot where we're going to hang the banner, we're going to receive the ring. So lots of respect given to um, the Raptors in this schedule. I mean, they have 11 nationally televised games. I think it's slightly down from last year, but you know we're still in the middle of the pack in terms of, I think we ranked, we were number like 14th or 15th in terms of number of teams Um, with nationally televised games. So there's lots to be excited about. There's lots of things to start planning. Um, And that includes Adam. What's your Toronto plans? (laughs) We're looking into October. We're looking into the beginning of the season in October. Um, the, The goal here, fingers crossed, is to get there for the ring ceremony. I know it's going to be an expensive night, but how I'm not trying to downplay or discourage anything about the Raptors present or future, but there is this lingering question in my mind of how many opportunities am I going to get to see this? So I kind of want to preserve it while I can in the present and try to grapple that and wrap my hands around it. And uh, that's, that's the goal right now. The goal is to get there for that, that long weekend into that Tuesday for the opening night. That's fingers crossed. That's the goal. That sounds like a great goal. And you know, you, then you can combine your trip with going home and then seeing the Raptors play in Boston, in Boston. on the Friday That's night right. of opening week. Yeah. And you, you also have like an extended Christmas because on Saturday, December 28th, I'm just realizing the Raptors are playing Boston. So you uh-huh. can, that could be your Christmas Day in Boston game. It's a nice little back-to-back, right? It's a nice, not really a back-to-back, but they're playing each other two times in a row. So, look, this schedule has a lot of surprises. Um, there's a lot of things that we need to touch on, and you sort of touched on it. So let's let's get right into the nitty-gritty. You're right. They are ranked 14th amongst teams um, in terms of having nationally televised games. There are a couple of teams ahead of them that I've seen... I don't know. It's a little weird that they have as many NBA games. I mean, uh, nationally televised games. For instance, like the Blazers have 19. That's a little weird, whereas your defending champions only have 11. Dallas has 13. I certainly think the Raptors should have more than Dallas. Uh, the Nets have 12. We're nitpicking here. That's just one more game. Um, New Orleans has 18, and I guess that's just the gravity of having Zion. But I don't know. I think there's a case to be made that the Raptors should have at least, like, I don't know, 15 or 16 nationally televised games. Last year, they had 15, so they're down to 11. That's four less from last year. I get it. They had the star power of Kawhi Leonard last year. The the season was hyped up. I totally understand, but, you know, I I was also talking to a co-worker today, and he agreed. Like, this is a guy that lives in New England, and he agreed, and he said, that's embarrassing that your defending champions only have 11 games. And I'm like... Yeah, but I trade that all for a Christmas Day game in Toronto when we're getting that. So, like, I can't really be that pissed off. So, what do you think about this? Are you are you upset? Is this a sign of disrespect, or is it all gravy? Because hey, fuck it, we have a Christmas Day game. It's a lot of fuck it. We got the we got the title. <laughs> we're hanging the banner. I'll see you on Christmas. And you know, like, it's it. This is sort of 
par for the course for being a Raptors fan. Like you said, we have a, 11 nationally televised games. We're sort of sandwiched right in the middle. Maybe there's some teams less deserving who have uh, a few more than us. But here's the thing. With this sad 11 games, I, th- I saw a tweet saying this is still the fourth most in Raptors history in terms yeah. of nationally televised games. Like there were years where we had zero or one or two. So this is still progress considering Pascal Siakam's still on the rise. You know, he's not a he's not a household name yet like DeMar DeRozan was. Like people recognize that name, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, and I'm sure Siakam, as the season progresses, people will be more familiar with him. And if they aren't, shame on them. The dude was like the second highest scorer in the NBA Finals, most improved player. So I think it's kind of like a, a hedge by the NBA that, you know, the Raptors could be really, really good. Pascal Siakam could bust out. They got a little middle of the road, but it's also a hedge against Masai Ujiri being presented with offers he can't turn down for Kyle Lowry, Serge Ibaka, Marc Gasol, right? Right. They don't want to be stuck holding the bill when it's a Raptors team with a lot of new faces, a lot, if, if that path does happen. So I, I do think it was a it was a hedge against that. And as fans, we honestly don't know what the Raptors roster is going to be like come April. Are they going to ride it back? Are they going to be the exact same team by the by season's end? We've touched on it in the last podcast we did, but I think a lot of it depends. Like if Masai Jerry gets wowed by an offer for one of his players on expiring deals that he can't say no to, even if it's sacrificing a few wins at the end of the season, or dare I say a playoff spot versus not a playoff spot. So this is, that's the, that's sort of the, the question hovering over the season. If it were up to me, I, I just let these guys run it back. Cause I, the, the, the more, time that has elapsed since Kawhi Leonard left, the more and more I'm becoming, I'm being convinced that there is a path to the Eastern Conference Finals. And dare I say, a microscopic 5% chance that we could we can make the finals, which was no more or less than the same percentage of a chance that I gave the DeMar DeRozan-led teams of making the final. So I'm not going to even rule that out, as crazy as that sounds, to say, hey, we don't have the finals MVP. We don't have the best player in the league. He just left. But I could still see a path to that, and I could also see a path where... Like I said, Masai gets overwhelmed with incredible offers for these players, and, you know, we're not in the playoffs. I don't think that will happen, but, you know, we can't rule it out. And I think the NBA giving the Raptors 11 games, although it's the fourth highest in Raptors history, it's probably not the same amount that a traditional champ would get. But we're also not a traditional champ in terms of having that the player who led us there being here. So I do see it as a hedge against what the Raptors do as the season progresses. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. I can get there with you. I I can see that there is some sort of path in the Eastern Conference. Um, A lot of it is going to hedge on injuries. A lot of it is going to hedge on what the general managers of, we'll say, the top four teams in the East as perceived today, maybe even top five if you want to throw Indiana in there, um, what they're going to do at the trade deadline. And it's sort of like the pendulum's got to swing one of two ways for the Raptors, right? And you touched on it. Um, I want to say the trade deadline is in mid-February again. It's kind of weird because the All-Star break is the 14th, 15th, 16th of February, and usually around that time is the trade deadline as well. Um, In terms of the schedule, the nationally televised games after the all-star break and i assume that means after the trade deadline we're looking at six nationally televised games so the nba did a pretty good job of splitting it up evenly uh for the raptors and try to space them out and i do see the nba like maybe being a little hesitant of saying well we don't know what's going to happen with these this raptor squad come middle of the season i get it but it 
in terms of what you were just saying, look, I did like a quick WL on this schedule right here. I did a quick rundown of what I think the the results will be. And this is in pencil right now, right? So this is not anything concrete. This is not anything that I want to set in stone right now. But for the fuck of it, you know, I'm excited. I had the piece of paper in front of me right now. I couldn't wait to print it out. In fact, I printed two, <laughs> one for home, one for my office at work. <laughs> you know I'm I going there, right? I have a printed too with all like game circles. And oh yeah trust me i would uh, I, I, I'll, I'll 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 put a picture of this up when you post the podcast just so people can see my crazy notes yeah i'll do the same i i, <laughs> I have a, a bunch of highlighted a bunch of brackets in here it's weird but um doing a quick wl here i have the raptors call me crazy all right and maybe you're not gonna call me crazy because you said you know the whole five percent thing i got them winning 54 games yeah that's hot you're coming in hot i wasn't ready for that yeah but you know like it's all right we'll talk about how the good the raptors are and how like this there is certainly a drop off when you take away perhaps the best player in the nba i'm not going to be naive to that but i'm also not naive to the fact that the east sucks man it's really bad and when you're the raptors and you're a pretty decent team still like you you are still a good team you have good pieces and you have pieces that we're hoping will take the next step like of pascal siakam a fred van vliet and even a norman powell and uh excuse me even an og ananobi we had these players that can take that next step and they we could take advantage of this really shitty depleted eastern conference that 50 to 55 range that's not out of the realm of possibility i'm not i'm not ruling that out at in fact i endorse that i think i love it i love <laughs> i'm I, I love when people firmly lean in with their raptors homerism whether we want to call it that or not i'm on board for that you know adam i take my predictions very very seriously you do i <laughs> i, I, I I don't want to brag, so maybe maybe you could remind your your listeners about my last two win total predictions. I mean, I, I don't want to I don't want to brag. You nailed it. The, the first one you were a little off, but you were still like you didn't nail it. But second time through this past season, on the money, nailed it. So I, I like Adam said, I I didn't want to say it myself, <laughs> but I, I take my win totals very seriously, and I, I I I sit down, I think about it, I look at a lot of things, and so two years ago. I said the Raptors will win 55 games. They won 59, so I know what you're thinking. Oh, you're four games off. But Adam, if you remember at the time, I don't think someone was predicting higher than 55. No. I was I was sort of the, the person who was going that high. So even though I was four off, I went high. And the team, they prevailed. Last year, I think they, they won 58 games. I'd said they win 58. Here I though said I wouldn't mention it, but here I am mentioning it. Why, why not? Well, we're just <laughs> recapping, right? Come we're on. Just recapping. No big deal. So I, I'm not going to commit to a number. I'm very impressed with the 54. I, I'll give you a range, though. And sure. this could change come next time you have me on. Yeah. I'm going to say 45 to 50. Okay. All right. It's respectable. I think this team can get to 50 wins. I like this team. I am incredible. This is an understatement because everyone's going to say like, yeah, well, he's really good. I am incredibly high on Pascal Siakam. I'm not talking about future all-star Pascal Siakam because A, I think he's going to make an all-star team this year, barring something unforeseen like an injury or something that keeps him out of the game. I think he's a top five player in the Eastern Conference right now before he's even picked up a ball to start October to show us the new skills that he has gained throughout a summer of working out and being highlighted as the focal point of this Toronto Raptors offense. I will give you something better than a win total. I will tell you, Siakam is going to average between 25 to 27 points per game. He will be talked about as, I don't want to say an MVP candidate, but he'll be talked about like how DeRozan was talked about as an MVP candidate, but having higher upside than a DeMar DeRozan. Because remember, Pascal's only 25, 26. This is the season he will enter into those discussions. And as he enters his prime, so two years from now, he'll be in his prime when he's 27. That is when he will be a perennial MVP contender. I am incredibly high on Pascal Siakam. 
I want to see what he brings to the table. And from everything I've read or heard about him in the offseason, he is dying for this chance to lead the team, to show what an offense built around him can look like. And to potential, I don't know if he's going to do it, but also, to hey, Kawhi, you wanted Paul George? Well, guess what? I'm fucking better than Paul George. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I love it. I love the confidence, man. And uh, look, we're all anticipating that extra leap forward for Pascal Siakam because you and I have talked about it. It's been said on the show many times. He hasn't even hit his ceiling. And that's the scary part. And if you're a Raptors fan, that's the exciting part of Pascal Siakam. And, you know, like going back to the win total predictions, like yours is very respectable, respectful as well. Like I, I do think there is a notion in which the Raptors could finish anywhere between that 45 to 55 range. I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility for them to finish in that. If they fell below 45, something went wrong. Something happened. Like th- there is, there's no way a fully healthy Raptor squad can win less than 45 games. Um, and I think that's fair. Um, and when we look at this team, like, again, we're talking about the loss of Kawhi Leonard and how, like, much of a gut punch that was initially. You look at this team, right? And we look at the way that Kyle Lowry used to play on this team, right? Before Kawhi Leonard, how he was such a bulldog, how he was a pretty reliable scorer. And I think we're going to see that reemerging, right? Because I, I do see those assist numbers trickle down a little bit compared to last year because he's not going to have that Kawhi Leonard to be that reliable scorer. I don't know that we can say that right now, today, on paper, that we can say that anybody on the team is as reliable of a, of a score as Kawhi was in like the totality of things. I hope Pascal Siakam can take that leap. In fact, I expect it. But as we know things right now, it just isn't there. So when we look at who we think the top scorers are going to be. I'm going to say probably Pascal Siakam. It would be the number one scorer for this team. As you mentioned, anywhere between 25 and 27 points per game on average. That'd be outstanding. Uh, I think Kyle Lowry's going to come back to his old ways and start kicking up those uh, point totals in games because he's going to be relied on as a shooter now. And I think the player that a lot of people aren't paying enough attention to. And maybe I'm just really high on him. But seeing the footage, and I know we can get drunk on footage. I know like there's prospect porn galore when it comes to players that you just get attached to. But I think Matt Thomas is going to open a lot of eyes this year. Wow. I love it. I love it. And (laughs) like, this is the thing with this team. We, you like, usually when you lose your best player, that signals a rebuild. We've already done the dirty work. We've unearthed that gem that you could build your team around. Now it's finding the right pieces. Like you said to Matt Thomas, he perfect three-point shooter. That's what we're going to need with Siakam if he's spinning his way around in the paint, right? Yeah. We're going to see it. We're going to need Lowry to, to score a little bit more. I, I don't think he, he has it in him to approach 20 points per game again like he did two or three seasons ago. And you know what? Marcus Gasol's going to have to score a little bit more. Like This team is still deep. We still have Serge Ibaka, Marcus Gasol, Norman Powell, OG Ananobi, Fred Van Fleet. We added Stanley Johnson, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. Like, that's a good team. That is not a rebuilding team. We've already did the rebuild. We did it while we were winning. Teams could barely handle to do one of those at the same time. Masai Ujiri was able to do both of them at the same time. So now it's finding the right pieces that fit around Siakam and seeing what Siakam can do being the focal point. And and to me, that's what I'm looking forward to the most in this season. And like you said, Matt Thomas from, from three, that's the guy you have your eye. And I have my eye on it. And this is an obvious pick. I'm, I'm looking at OG Ananobi. Yeah. There's no reason to me. He can't have a breakout season. You know, there's kind of been a precedent here. Two years ago, it was Fred Van Fleet. Last season, it was uh, Pascal Siakam. This season, it's 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 almost like it's perfectly made for OG Ananobi. Kawhi's minutes are gone. There's going to be more minutes there for him. He kind of had 
an inconsistent second season marred by injuries, emergency surgeries, and some personal issues. And he he won a championship, but I bet you there's a part of him that feels like he didn't contribute to that championship and that almost he has something to prove. He's already an elite defender. That is... This guy's going to make all defensive teams. Now we just need his offense to catch up to where his defense is. And to me, there's no reason why OG Ananobi can't flirt with 15 to 17 points per game. That's that's what I'm looking at for OG. There's going to be a lot of opportunity for him to shine. And there's going to be the Raptors decision-making brain trust. They're going to want to see what they have in him. Because soon he'll be up for an extension on his rookie contract. Or... He could be a piece that's traded for a superstar that becomes available. So the Raptors are motivated to increase OG Ananobi's stock for two reasons, for a potential trade market or because we got to see what this guy is. Is he, is he a future? Is, can he be the second or third best player on a title team? We're going to find out this season. And so those Siakam, OG, Fred Van Fleet, man, this team is still so young. They now have championship DNA as well. Like this season is not a waving the white flag season. Sure, we might have felt like that when Kawhi left, but like I said, Adam, like each passing day, I look at this Raptors roster. I look at the rest of the NBA and I'm like, you know, we could we could go toe-to-toe with Milwaukee in a playoff series. Will we win? I wouldn't bet on that, but you know, stranger things have happened, right? Can we go toe-to-toe with Philly? Maybe we still have Marcus Saul and he kind of limited Joel Embiid. Like they they lost Jimmy Butler, who kind of carried them in the second round. You're telling me we can't go toe to toe with them? You know, like these these ideas, these thoughts aren't out of the realm of possibility. Right. And I think the course of the NBA might not be as a shock to those who follow the Raptors closely. But one of the fun storylines will be the rest of the NBA kind of realizing, oh shit, the Raptors really are going to defend their throne. <laughs> I love it. Right? How's it, that for Homerism? Uh, it, look, it, it's not so... I, it's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> These are facts. It's easy to paint us with that brush. <laughs> yeah. But they're facts, right? You... you laid it out perfectly well and when you think about the landscape of the east like all right we're talking about pascal siakam and you brought it up and i remember you tweeted it out and saying that there's a possibility or even it it is the case that he's a top five player in the eastern conference my knee-jerk reaction was like fuck that no way and then when you look (laughs) at all the teams you're just like Holy shit, he totally is. Like, he totally is in that conversation because, like, who's in front of him? You could say, all right, well, well, these are what I would consider. Like, Giannis is probably the best player in the Eastern Conference today, I would say. Um, Then you can throw Embiid in there if you want. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Like this is what I'm talking about. Like it's it could be anybody. It's sort of like up in the air right now. And when you have a player of that caliber, it's kind of like, yeah, anything's possible. Sky's the limit. This dude averaged over 20 points per game in the finals. Yeah, like against the best team. This isn't going up against the uh, Orlando Magic, right? He did this for six games against the Golden State Warriors. What did he do in game one? He had like 32 points yeah, and he went barely off. missed a shot. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like that kind of gets lost in the history of it. But that game one, Pascal Siakam cooked what was considered the who's considered the best defender in the NBA, Draymond Green. He hung him out to dry with all his spin moves. And then through the after that 32-point game, through the course of the finals, he averaged over 21 points per game. What is this guy going to do against the Charlotte Hornets This guy's averaging 20 points a game against the team people said no one can beat. He did this on the biggest stage, his first time in the NBA Finals. Did he look shook to you? Not to me. Maybe against Philly in the second round, he did look a little shook. But that's kind of finding your leg, your leggings, your swim legs against the, the elite teams. And Joel Embiid is an elite player, an elite defender. We managed to get by Philly. And from that point, when it looked like, oh, man, you know, Siakam doesn't look like he wants the ball. To Siakam, like, 
in the West, in the conference finals, being the, being part of that wall that defended Giannis Antetokounmpo, and then going to the finals, dropping 32 in game one, and starting to like, if he plays like this, this guy could be finals MVP if he has a few <laughs> more 30-point games. Like, that stuff is still true. None of that has changed. So, like, this guy averaged 21 points against Warriors through the course of a season when He's going to, the, the team is feeding him. He's going to be taking 20 plus shots a game. This guy's going to go off and there's no reason to me. I said top five, Adam. There's no reason like he can't be top three. And I know sometimes when we say that about the Eastern Conference, it's almost top three by omission, right? Because these guys aren't there. These guys aren't there. Right, these guys right. aren't there. They're in the other conference. I don't care. Pascal Siakam is an incredible player he's a one of one there's not many players in the league that can there's not anybody in the league that can do what he does and i've said this before on your show there's only one other player he reminds me of and that's the greek freak yeah. obviously Giannis is in a whole other ballpark he does everything in an elite level but you know pass siakam's chipping away man he's starting to do things at an amazing level what's the next tier after that his 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 game his ceiling is Giannis Antetokounmpo, he's almost like the, that, that, that's the player comp. There's no other player in NBA history that I think I can compare Siakam to. The guy can guard all five positions. People were talking about him as an all-NBA player this year. He made some third-team ballots, I think even a few second-team ballots. He got votes for all-NBA defense as well. You know the types of players who get those types of votes? The elite fucking players in the league. The teams that you strap a jetpack to and say, take us to the finals, man. We're going to ride this 82-game season through you. And we have one of those players, and that's the whole point of, of having a franchise to unearth these types of players. And, you know, the sky's the limit for Siakam, and it's... There's no reason he, he he can't jump into that discussion of like Embiid, Giannis, Siakam, and we're starting to see a good international flavor to the to the best players in the league as well. So the sky's the limit for this guy, man. And like if if you can't be excited for watching, like you know, yeah, we lost Kawhi, man, but you know what? This there's so much to enjoy about this team, and the the release of the schedule kind of hammers it home that man, we're almost here. The throne's going to be defended. We got a really good chance, man. I'm excited for this season, Adam. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. It's great that we have this this team and this this president of operations that has his eye towards winning no matter what right and i think there's something to be said to that like there you see these interviews and you see these quotes from Asai Ujiri and you see these quotes from Fred VanVleet and Pascal Siakam about how they they're not shook they they're not worried about the loss of Kawhi they're still gunning for a championship and i do think there's some genuine nature to that i don't i don't think that they're walking into the season thinking uh oh, it's not our it's not going to be our year i think they have that swagger i think they have as you mentioned that championship pedigree that dna within them and i think that says a lot and when you look at the schedule like when you look at the entire schedule it's pretty well balanced right like i i don't see any egregious there are a few like march is going to be a tough month i think that's the toughest month that the raptors are going to have but you look at like the beginning of october like that couple weeks of october that's kind of a cakewalk if you look at it that's a really good way to start off your season and january just looks to die for like i am really <laughs> looking forward to january for this raptor squad i know there are a couple games here and there that you you might be like ah, i just don't see them having it but on the most part that january looks really sweet so this is what i'm saying like it, it's really hard to pinpoint i know people have like the philadelphias and the milwaukee's maybe not in that order but those are the top two tiers in the Eastern Conference right now, and I get it. Like, they have a lot of star power. They have a lot of really good players on their team, and they've constructed themselves very well in the offseason. Completely get it. But still, that wide openness is there, and the schedule kind of illustrates that for the Raptors. So I kind of wanted to get your take. Is there anything noteworthy besides the obvious? We don't have to touch on Christmas Day again. But is there anything noteworthy that you have seen on this schedule that you're really looking forward to, and or is there anything noteworthy on here that you're like fuck that's really bad for the raptors well you know the, the, the raptors schedule there's always sort of like they're, they're these traditional mo like 
places in the schedule. We usually start off with a West Coast trip j- during the first like ten games of the season, so that's in there still. Yeah, we got the five games, um, five game road trip in November out west, and I'm always a big fan of going out on the road early, build some chemistry early. If you struggle, you know what? It's early. You got you can make up for it with some home games against lesser competition. Right. We also then have a five game road trip in March as well out west. So. The two five-game trips, you know, they're they're pretty far spread out, and it's I always this is my own little tradition I do. I always I try to go to as as you know I try to go to as many Raptors game as possible. A lot of those are last-minute decisions, getting tickets on the secondary market. Very very easy to get to a Raptors game if you really wanted to. So I usually end up going between like twenty-five to thirty games a year, but there's always. I always have five games where I buy the tickets when the tickets go on sale on sale because I want to have those tickets in hand. Right. So there's usually works out to five games. So A, I'll go through them with you. Opening night, that that that's self-explanatory, it's right? Obvious. We're gonna yeah. hang a banner. Yeah. December eleventh, Kawhi's return. He's gonna get his championship ring. Hopefully he plays. He'll get a nice tribute video. <laughs> I didn't and... even think of that. Oh, what if he's load managing? All right, go ahead. <laughs> what if he's low man? But either way, you know, like he comes back to Toronto. He's going to feel that intense love again that I don't think the Clippers fan base can even approach like 10% of that. So right. that'll be a good reminder of him. And I'll be curious to see where the Clippers are in the standings versus where the Raptors are in the standings right now, because maybe we could read a, I bet you maybe Kawhi's got some regrets potentially. Right. <laughs> so, and then obviously Christmas Boston. And then this is one I always look forward to. I don't get it this year. The, Cause, and I guess it's because we had a Christmas day game, I know. but Adam, going. I'm going to put on as one of my f- five games that I'm going to buy tickets to before, but as soon as they go on sale, I'm buying new year's Eve against Cleveland. So good. And I know what you're thinking. Cleveland is on one of your five must-see. Well, Adam, we don't have a New Year's Day game. And do I need to remind you about the dynamite fireworks show that goes off on New Year's Day in Toronto? Two years ago, DeRozan dropped 52 on the Bucks in overtime. Uh, Last season, Kawhi went off for 45 points, 30 in the second half, 19 in the third quarter on 7-for-7 shooting. I think their opponent was the Utah Jazz. But I, I just remember it was the Kawhi Leonard fireworks display. So I'm hoping that aligns instead of on New Year's Day. That happens on New Year's Eve because instead of being home, traditionally the Raptors are on the road from Boxing Day till till the New Year rolls around. But the kind of, with us getting the Christmas Day game, the schedule's kind of inversed a little at that particular moment of time. And then the other game I got circled. The finals rematch. Golden State comes back to Toronto in March. You got to be there for that. That's, you know, the team we beat to to make history. And there was a couple other things that, as I mentioned earlier, my wife was waiting for the schedule to come out because we have family coming up from the States in November. And my wife's like, oh, they want to come on these dates and these dates. And I'm like, well... I got to see when the Raptors schedule is first. <laughs> so luckily the time they're coming, it's that November chunk where they're on the road. So yeah. I told my wife, Hey, we're open for business. They can come. <laughs> you, uh, you go wild. So my wife texted me at three Oh one saying, so <laughs> <laughs> and then Adam, I put this out on Twitter and I, and I've shared it with you offline. I'm, I'm going to be in Boston for the end of February, and I was hoping the basketball gods would reward me in February of 2020 like they rewarded me in February of 2019 when I went to New York, and coincidentally, the Raptors were in town, and it was Marcus Gasol's debut. But the basketball gods frowned on giving me a Raptors at Celtics game while I was going to be in Boston, and I had no doubt you and I would have met up and went to the game together and had oh, we a still, blast. We'll still meet up. That, that's we'll still meet happen. up. Yeah. But then, I, lo and behold, so I looked at, oh, damn, we didn't get a, I didn't get my Raptors at Celtics game. Oh, man, well, you know, maybe I'll still go to a Celtics game. So I look at the Celtics schedule. The whole time I'm there, they're playing once at home, and it's the night of the wedding. So it's, Oh, no. <laughs> so and who am I to complain? I got a title. 
I got a Christmas Day game, but I couldn't do the I couldn't fill I couldn't do the triple threat. I couldn't hit the triple on this one. So, but I'll still be in Boston, and I'm sure we'll we'll chat leading up to that, and I'm sure it will we can get together for a beer or something. But how fun would it have been? to go with the, the one and only Adam Corsair to his neck of the woods <laughs> to see him get booed by Celtics fans. Uh, so what we'll do, and uh, that I'll, I'll make sure this happens, because like when, you, when you're in Boston, you got to be a little aggressive, and that is, I guess, in my blood as a New Englander. But we go to Boston, <laughs> we hit a bar, and you say, you need to put this game on. I know you have League Pass, and if you don't have League Pass, I'll give you my login for League Pass. Put this game on, and we'll make them put on the Raptors game. Whatever Raptors game is on the night we meet up, we'll make them put it on in a bar, and we'll enjoy it. Um, well, so that's the, that's the opposite of what I would do as a Canadian. I would go to the bar, not see the game. I would leave a passive-aggressive Yelp review on the bar and then go home. No, you just got to be vocal, especially in Boston. You got to be vocal. You got to. You just. You just got to get yourself out there. Um, but when I when I'm looking at the schedule, besides the obvious, like I have highlighted all the Milwaukee and Philadelphia games, um, and obviously for me, like uh, having the the rivalry here, whether it be a team wide or nationwide rivalry, in this case for the Raptors, or just maybe my little personal rivalry against the the Boston Celtics here, um, it's perfect. Perfect. Every single game besides Christmas is a weekend night. That is beautiful. Beautiful for against the Celtics. <laughs> it's, it's just perfect. So I, I can indulge in those. Um, you mentioned the West Coast swing in November. That Lakers-Clippers back-to-back, fucking brutal. Brutal. That's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. I, but I also remember a five-game West Coast trip last November where didn't we smoke the Lakers? Then did a back-to-back with the Clippers and the Warriors and beat them both. So yep. I, I'm, I'm not ruling it out. I'm not ruling it out. But no. it is noted that that's a tough, tough stretch right there. Yep. Um, later on in November, R.J. Barrett makes his debut at the Scotiabank Arena. That's November 27th. Um, as you mentioned, December 11th, the Clippers come back to town. That's an ESPN game. Uh, before that, Houston is playing December 5th. That's the Mandela game. I think that's going to be a big deal. Um, DeLon comes home December 22nd when Dallas rolls around. Um, I don't know if that's a big deal to everybody, but I just think that's noteworthy. Um, you mentioned this too, January 12th, San Antonio. DeMar's going to make his return again. Obviously, there will be a warm welcome there. Um, what else do we got? We got, oh, the, the back-to-back sort of, the, the game day off game against Memphis. So Marcus Gasol will be making his return to Memphis March 28th, day off, and then March 30th, JV makes his return to the Scotiabank Arena. That should be cool. And uh, finally, I thought this was noteworthy. Actually, there's two things. Um, April 10th, that's probably going to be Vince's last game in Toronto, if the retirement, if he's going to commit to that. And uh, what a kick in the balls by the NBA ending the season on a back-to-back. <laughs> we usually always end up finishing the season against Miami or Orlando. That, yeah. that seems like a tradition. But you know what? I'll say this about Vince's potential last game. I've been going to Vince's last game for the last three or four years thinking <laughs> it's his last game. So this motherfucker owes me a last game, and it better be this one. I, I think it you. is. I think and it is. Let me say this. I want to say this. You know, like amongst the joy of of people like you and me, Adam, celebrating, oh, Raptors got a Christmas Day game. This is amazing. It's one of our, it's off the bucket list of things we want. Then what about those jerks who are just like, so, so the Raptors got a, like, they, they shit on the fact that the Raptors got a Christmas Day game. Like, yeah. it's not an accomplishment. Like, it's not an important thing. It's like, why even say something? Yeah. Just, can I can I enjoy this without someone saying, oh, the, that means whatever. Like, who cares? It's not even a big deal. We won the title, man. Who cares about a Christmas Day game? I do. That's yeah. why I posted it. Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> I just wanted to get that off my chest. I, I Look, I'm with you. Um, I know this is in similar vein. Uh, I'm in like this group chat with a bunch of my buddies here, and some of them can be ignorant when it comes to things like this, but I, I remember texting them in the chat, and I was like, oh, fuck yeah, the Raptors Boston Christmas Day in Toronto. So awesome. And I have one of my friends like, that's weird. It should be in Boston. And I'm like, why, <laughs> why the fuck should it be in Boston? Oh, you know, I just figured Christmas Day it should be in Boston. I'm like, dude. Canadians celebrate Christmas. Like, what is so hard to understand about this? 
the world celebrates Christmas all over the world. What do you think this is designated to America? No, exactly. my Jewish wife celebrates Christmas <laughs> yes. more than I do. So <laughs> I'm saying, I was just like, come on, man, fuck out of here. We're the defending champs. We have collateral here. Defending champs, fuck out of here. So <laughs> in in that vein, I know you probably got a lot of, uh, uh, maybe not a lot, but the heat that you're referencing is from fellow Raptors fans. Are like, who cares? We got the championship. Well, it is a big deal. It is a big deal to be able to play on national television on Christmas Day to sit back, relax, pour some rum and eggnog in a cup, and just enjoy the Raptors on Christmas Day. Like, I have to pretend to like the teams I'm watching on Christmas Day. And one <laughs> fucking year, 18 years later, I don't have to do it. So, whatever. Exactly. It's it's a Christmas miracle, Adam. We, we finally <laughs> got what we've been wanting for the last handful of seasons where we felt like we've actually have earned it. And to those people who say, oh, we got the title. We don't need a Christmas day. Look, human beings are complex animals. We're <laughs> capable of more than one want. You know, like if, if I just got one thing I wanted every year, my life would be miserable. I want more things than, than one. It's ambitious. This is what we want. We've deserved it. We just want the spoils of winning the title. And these are the spoils that go with it. Yeah. Everything that every other champion gets. And I, I, I believe that in the article that I wrote, I w it was San Antonio in 2007. You corrected that. It was Dallas in 2012. That was the last time a championship, uh, a, a defending champion didn't play on Christmas Day. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, man, maybe they won't get it. Because, like, well, Dallas well, Adam, is... I have a correction for the correction that oh, I made. even better. I incorrectly corrected you. The, the, it, the, the Mavs did get a game in 2011 after they won the 2011 title. So oh, there you go. So I went back and I recorrected my correction, which was incorrect. Oh, so it was San Antonio 2007. Yeah, so yeah. I, I apologize, Adam. I, who, here I was doubting Adam Corsair, and lo and behold, I was wrong. So the ah. lesson learned. Yeah, whatever. I mean, look, look, all right, so even worse that, like, you have this team with, like, amazing pedigree and whatnot and an amazing, like, story and history in San Antonio, and they didn't get a Christmas Day game the following <laughs> year, so I was just like, oh, maybe the Raptors won't get it. But they ended up getting it. Like, everything is good. Like, right now, the schedule's out. The... <sighs> I'm just itching for October, man. Like, I'm one of those guys that I'm not a huge fan of summer. Like, I love fall. I love the autumn because that's when I just know it's coming. Like, the raptors are coming. You can feel, like, the vibrations in Jurassic Park. Like, the movie, you have your water cup and you see the vibrations in the water. That's what I feel like. Like, it's almost there. We're almost there. And it's just, like, the schedule release, man, it can't come soon enough. You're absolutely right. You know, I, I'm similar to you. Like, uh, I, I the summer the summer I tolerate I, I I do well in the in the in the spring the falls and the winters so that's why I think I have basketball fits perfectly with my personality so we're two we're just a little bit over two months away Adam I was at the the Scotiabank Arena on Saturday for uh, a show and I was with a couple buddies and it, this is when it dawned on me Adam that we're world I looked up to the rafters and. I saw the the the, the banners um, recognizing the Leaf Stanley Cup championships and their retired players, and then I just see these two sad Raptors banners, one for <laughs> a division title, and then one inaugurating when we first became a franchise, and then you could almost see like they've already made the space for where the banner is going to go. And we were just looking at, we were just like transfixed, like that's where the championship banner is. Yep. So Saturday kind of, I had this moment and it gave me goosebumps. I was like, that's where the banner's going to go, man. Like we got a championship banner. It's going to be there. There's no way in hell I'm missing that night. And I'll have a sore neck because I'll be looking at that <laughs> banner all night. This is the overtime podcast network. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up here. Um, before we do, is there anything else that you want to uh, pinpoint on the schedule that you find to be noteworthy that we did not cover already? No, I, th I think we've touched upon it. You know, like I, I think we've hit all the major stuff. We've touched upon a lot of returns and and sort of the the tougher stretches of the schedule. But you know, it it, it just goes to show, like 
how much you and I and, and your listeners love basketball that like we're consuming this schedule and like you know like I said at the beginning of the podcast like we can hear the sneakers already squeaking on the floor and we're ready for the season to start so this is one of many official markers that the season's going to to be around the corner and 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 I'm looking forward to this man like last season was a fairy tale in a way like everything that could possibly happen happened like I I and I got to witness a lot of these moments live I was 10 rows behind the bucket when Leonard hit that four bounce against Philly and I it's it seemed like a dream when it happened and like sometimes I watch the replay and I could see me wearing a black shirt like jumping up and down and i don't remember even doing that and like and i was there game six against the bucks when we 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 came back it kind of looked like game seven might be happening and i think we were down with like 13 at one point in the third quarter late in the third quarter and somehow like we just we shut milwaukee off and we came back and won and and these are moments that obviously you can't predict but these are moments that i never envision that would happen to us i picture it as we're the team that gets the buzzer beater against them we're the team that has a 13 point lead and we blow it to force a game seven where that team comes back and beats us so i'm hoping there's you know i chatting with raptors fans i'm noticing more of a confidence and i think not only does the team have championship dna but raptors fans now have championship dna and our palate our taste for greatness is there that you know, like we're ready for more of those moments, and it's a shame it's not Kawhi that's going to author them. But I guarantee you, Adam, when when you and I do some sort of a therapy session in the spring, <laughs> we'll, I'll be listing. We'll be listing off these handful of moments that we never could have imagined happened, and they happened. So, we're, I'm just ready for for the magic to begin. The way I see you right now. I have a, a, a beverage right here in a koozie <laughs> that says NBA 2019 champions with the logo on it. And to my left, I have a flag hanging on my wall that says 2019 NBA champions. That's all that matters to me right now. I know once we get into the season and once we get into the nitty gritty and the meat of the NBA season, that will probably change. Like recency bias is a thing. I'll probably have to constantly remind myself after every loss, like, hey, it's, it's still champs can't take that away from us right you can't take it away and you know like you mentioned the spoils of being champions like there's a lot to be proud of here right the raptors are showcasing their talents in the preseason in tokyo that's pretty cool like that, that that's I, I find that to be an honor that the raptors are able to do that and showcase their talent even more worldwide to try to globalize this game as much as possible or perhaps globalize the nba as much as possible but i i like the schedule the schedule looks good like i said that march looks to be a little brutal in the beginning of november as you mentioned a little brutal there but that january is going to be very sweet so there are a lot of ups and downs especially the beginning of the schedule that october those handful of games in october very sweet very easy nice little easier way into the nba season as raptors fans to sort of wet our palate as you said but otherwise man i like it i like where the schedule is i like how it's balanced out and we're still the champions you said it perfectly, Adam. We we have a t- we have a title to defend. We're gonna defend the North, baby. That's it. That's it. All right, man. Well, you know the deal. This is your time to shine. I know uh, you and um, myself and others have contributed to an article that you recently published about the Christmas Day uh, fiasco. I know that it was published before we found out we had a Christmas Day game, but probably just for the sake of like looking back in hindsight, it's fun. Um, if you want to promote that, your website where people can find you on Twitter, all the above, dude, the floor is yours. Yeah, thank you, Adam. Always, always a pleasure to chat with you. And like Adam said, yeah, you know, I, I, every summer I post a column, will the Raptors finally get a Christmas Day game? And I hash out all the arguments for it, and I make my case that the Raptors will, and I try to guess who their opponent will be. And I was under the impression the schedule would be coming out three days later than after I posted the article, but I guess <laughs> things leaked. So sadly, that article only had a five-hour shelf life, but I'm grateful to... Um, Adam, who contributed, Hunter of Take Six, um, who contributed, and Andy over at That's a Wrap. Like, you know, I, I, I respect these guys' opinions, and I respect the work that they do, and these guys are a lot smarter than me, so I was very curious to as to what 
you guys would say and everything you said i was like yeah man like these guys know what they're doing so check it out sadly it didn't get a longer run just because the schedule came out sooner than i could have anticipated but you can find my work at lifeinrepeat.com we got t-shirts you know hit me up on twitter we'll get you a life in repeat t-shirt i got some articles in the work we're gonna do something where we look at the raptors over under and kind of figure out where they're gonna go and we kind of hypothetically maybe real maybe not lay a hundred dollars on one of those options um so it's something to look forward to and adam with the schedule without with the raptors two plus months away from the season starting I can't think of four better words to say than now hit my music. I think I'm cute. I know I'm sexy. I've got the look. The drives are cool. While I've got the mood. That really move them. I said chill. Up and down their spine. I'm just a sexy boy. I'm not your boy toy I'm just a sexy boy I'm not your boy toy I make them hot Thank you for listening to the South of the Six podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at South of the Six and subscribe to our show. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Yeah, we're everywhere. While you're at it, if you liked what you heard, do us a solid and leave us five stars and a quick review. We appreciate it. Thanks again. Go Jays and Raptors.